Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney, founder of IRA Financial. And on today's AdMail, three really fun questions. Two from social media, one from a client, and going to be tackling some really good issues on rollovers and two on rollovers and actually one on a non-deductible IRA. So let's just jump right in it. Uh, first question is from Twitter. Can I roll a Roth IRA into a solo 401k plan? I don't see any info on this on the IRS website. Well, actually there's one graph that actually discusses this on the IRS website. And believe it or not, the Roth IRA is the only, only type of retirement account that cannot be rolled into a 401k. If your plan allows for it, you can roll over a Roth 401k portion into a new 401k, so long as the, the plan documents allow for it. But a Roth IRA is not allowed to be rolled into a 401k plan. A Roth IRA can only be rolled into a Roth IRA. That's it. Pretty simple rule. Not sure why they haven't changed it and allow for Roth IRAs to be rolled into Roth 401ks, although it doesn't really make sense. Why? Because with Roth IRAs, there's no required minimum distributions. That means once you're over the age of 72, you do not have to take any money out. In fact, you can pull the money out tax-free. Whereas in a 401k plan, Roth components have RMD requirements. So that means once you're over the age of 72, you actually have to take RMD distributions from the Roth 401k. The distributions would not be taxable, but you still have to pull the money out, which for most Roth lovers, that's uh, not very uh, attractive. So many people don't want to move funds from a Roth IRA to a Roth 401k. Why would you? Only reason I think is to take advantage of the ability to use leverage in a real estate deal, right? Under 514C9, you can use leverage, non-recourse leverage to buy real estate, leverage up the asset and not pay what's called unrelated business taxable income tax or UBTI as it's known. Whereas an IRA, the leverage use would trigger the UBTI tax. So that's probably the only reason to want to move funds from a Roth IRA into a 401k. Unfortunately, you can't do it. So thank you, uh, Twitter, for that question. Second question is Harold P. from Rochester, New York. And Harold wants to know, how many rollovers am I allowed each year? Great question, Harold. The answer is, if it's direct, meaning going from custodian to custodian, IRA to IRA, 401k to IRA, IRA to 401k, direct rollovers or transfers, that's unlimited. A million times, a hundred million times, 20 times a day, whatever you want. Direct is unlimited. So there's something called a transfer and a rollover. Transfers are IRA to IRA. That's, some people coin it a rollover. Label a rollover, it's called a transfer. That's probably uh, the right way to uh, describe it. It's not wrong if you call it a rollover, it's the same thing, it's direct. 401k to IRAs, IRA to 401k, they're rollovers. Both transfers and rollovers, so long as they go direct, 
meaning they're going directly between the retirement account. None of that money's passing through a person like you first. That's unlimited. If you do an indirect rollover, meaning the money goes to you first and then you send it to the new retirement account, that's called an indirect rollover and that can only be once every 12 months and you only have 60 days to do it, okay? So just be careful. Only can do it once every 12 months, not a year, once every 12 months and you only have 60 days with the cash to do what you want with it. If you stay over the 60 day limit and go to 61, 62 days, it's fully taxable and subject to a 10% penalty if you're under the age of 59 and a half. So be super careful about that. Uh, there's been case law, one, one smart tax attorney tried to uh, be aggressive and say it applies to each individual IRA. So he opened up a bunch of IRAs and tried to do indirect rollovers for each IRA because he felt the language was vague on the IRS website, uh, Bob Rowe case. It was, he's not wrong, the language was vague, it was inconsistent. But the, the court basically said, no, it's once every 12 months for all your IRAs. Um, so be careful, use it wisely. Uh, it's a nice little, um, yeah, I guess, tool in your pocket um, if, if you need the money for 60 days, but just make sure you get that money there before it's post-dated 60 days, but that's an indirect. So directs unlimited, whether it's rollover or transfers. Um, remember, if you move money from a 401k to an IRA, you actually need a triggering event. So even if you want to move it out and roll it to an IRA, and even though it will be tax-free, if you're under 59 and a half, you still work there, you're not going to be able to roll that money out. So um, it's not going to matter. Um, but IRAs to IRAs transfers, uh, that's unlimited. Uh, if it's indirect, meaning the money goes to you and you want to use it for 60 days, once every 12 months and make sure you get that money into another retirement account within 60 days. One other wrinkle, if you pull money, you got to put money back. So I've had uh, the last five months, I, I probably the most requests for this information, I'd say in the last 10 years. Why people took the money out and bought Bitcoin and now it went up and they're basically saying, oh no, I don't want to sell the Bitcoin and pay tax. Can I just put the Bitcoin back in an IRA? The answer is no. If you do an indirect rollover of cash, you got to put cash back. Same amount. Can't put less. If it's less, you're taxed in 10% penalty on the less if you're under, on that difference, if you're under 59 and a half. So if you did take the advantage of the market swing and bought Bitcoin, and now it's 60 days later, you got to sell that Bitcoin, pay tax on it, and now pull the cash back into another retirement account, or the entire amount of the distribution will be subject to tax and a 10% penalty if you're under the age of 59 and a half. So just be wise, be careful, Harold, but thank you for the question. Third and last question today is from YouTube. And this person wants to know, why would anyone set up a non-deductible IRA? And it's a good question. Um, there's really only two reasons to do it. It's because you have to. Non-deductible is basically you're caught in the middle. It's not a pre-tax IRA, there's no tax deduction. And it's not a Roth IRA where it's tax-free growth once you're over 59 and a half and the Roth has been opened at least five years. So you're stuck in no man's land. You don't want to be there. Okay. Why do you have to be there? Well, two reasons. Number one, you want to make a traditional IRA contribution, but you make too much money. Okay. So 2021, you can put away six or 7,000 bucks, seven if you're over 50. Believe it or not, it's not guaranteed that you can do it. Why? Because there's income limitations. 
So if you have, if you're single, and I'll go through the, the rules. If you are single, okay, and you are covered by a 401k plan at work, even if you don't participate in the plan, but you are eligible to participate, and you make more than 76,000 bucks, you cannot do a pre-tax IRA. The IRS is not giving you the ability to get a deduction. They don't want you doubling up the deductions. 19.5 or 26 if you're over 50 in a 401k, plus the six or seven tax deductible in the IRA. They feel like that's too much deductions. If you're married, filing jointly, and your spouse is covered by a plan at work, 208,000. So if you make more than 208, you can't do the pre-tax, you gotta do the after-tax. If you're married, filing jointly, and you're covered by a plan at work, if you make more than 125, can't do a pre-tax deduction. So those are the income limitations. So why do a traditional IRA then? Well, there's something called a backdoor Roth. So for Roth IRAs, which are after-tax IRAs, there's also income limitations. If you make, if you're married and file jointly and you make more than 208 grand, you can't do a Roth IRA. If you're single, okay, or married, file separate, and you make more than 140, can't do a Roth IRA. If you're married filing separately and you live with your spouse and you make more than 10 grand, can't do a Roth IRA. So what do you do? It's called a backdoor Roth. You make an after-tax IRA contribution. Okay, so it's just a traditional IRA. You open a traditional IRA, IRA Financial or Schwab. You just don't take a tax deduction for it, right? Because you can't. You have too much income or you have too much income and you have access to a 401k at work. And then you convert it to Roth. Um, and since 2010, there's no income limitations on conversions. Before 2010, if you made too much money, you couldn't convert to Roth. But the economic crisis in 2009 basically allowed the IRS to open that rule up because they needed more tax revenue. So they encouraged people to do conversions. Why? Because when you do a conversion, you pay tax on the amount you convert, which is really good to the IRS. Even though Roth in the long run will be disadvantaged, disadvantageous, I should say, to the IRS because they'll be tax-free accounts. But as we know, government only cares about elections. They only care about the next two or four years. They don't really care about 30 years. They're going to be gone. So Roth conversions are good because it generates tax revenue today, even though Roth will be bad for the treasury down the road. So if you want to do a Roth because you can't do a pre-tax IRA because you have access to a plan at work or you make and or you make too much money or you want to do a Roth IRA but you make too much money you do the backdoor Roth which basically make says you make an after-tax IRA contribution and then convert it to Roth and since there's no conversion limitations as long as you convert it quickly there's no earnings on that amount in the account in the after-tax IRA account it converts and since it's after tax there's no tax because you're not getting the tax deduction so there's no tax on the conversion i.e. $6,000 after-tax IRA contribution. I make the contribution April 19th, April 21st, I convert it to Roth. The money was sitting in an account, no earnings on the 6,000 bucks, tax-free conversion. Now I have a Roth and I was able to do that even though I make more than 208, even if I have access to a 401k at work. So that is the only reason you would do an after-tax IRA. It makes no sense to do it otherwise because you have pretty much the worst of the traditional IRA because you don't have the deduction and you have the worst of the Roth IRA because there's no tax-free growth. So you're caught in the middle. It's no man's land. Just don't want to be there. But 
you want to be there maybe for a day or so if you're going to do a Roth conversion because that's how you do the backdoor Roth IRA conversion. If you make more than 208 or you have access to a 401k and can't do a traditional IRA but still want to push more money into a retirement account, then the after-tax, the Roth, is the way to go. So thank you, YouTube, for that question. And there you go. That's another episode of AdMail. If you have questions, there are no dumb questions. It's probably the smartest thing I ever learned in law school. Uh, my first maybe day or so at law school, professor said, ask any questions. Don't be shy. There's no dumb questions. And she was right. There are no dumb questions. So answer, ask them. Send them by YouTube, send them by Facebook, send them by Instagram, send them by Twitter. You can email them at info at IRA Financial. I get a lot of them. So um, if I don't get to your question immediately the next week, I, I will try to get to it in the coming months. I also do a bi-monthly or actually a monthly, I would say now, Ask Adam, a YouTube live uh, show, which uh, will be coming up in the next few weeks. You'll get an email or you can check it out on our YouTube channel if you subscribe, which I suggest you do, and you'll get a notification when I'm doing an Ask Adam, and then you can go on to YouTube and you can ask me a question and you could communicate with me and talk to me. And it's a lot of fun. I, I love doing them. Uh, and there's one coming up uh, in the coming week. So check out our YouTube channel for more information. Subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, you can ask me anything you want. Challenge me. Uh, I love being challenged. I'll tell you straight up if I don't know the answer. I'm not shy and I'll tell you, I'll research it and I will get back to you. I, um, the tax code is very, very uh, in depth <laughs> and it's very deep and it's very detailed. So there's no one in the world that knows every section of the tax code. I only focus really on two sections, 408, 408A and 4975. So really two and a half to three sections uh, and 401. So I'd say four sections I specialize in. So. And I don't know everything uh, or every provision of each of those four sections because um, there's treasury regulations, there's case law that really re reference those sections and address them. So I'm always learning and I love trying to answer all your questions because it forces me to stay sharp and forces me to keep researching, going back and learning more. That's why I love preparing for these podcasts, uh, ad mail, which is probably one of my favorite, ad bits, which I look at a very uh, specific subject in the self-directed retirement world. I just did one on uh, Rule 55. I'm doing one also on the 72T election, which has been fun because it's forced me to go back and, and read through my notes and look at some of the, um, actually read some of the books I, I've written that has uh, information on those rules. Um, just kind of see what's out there, check out um, treatises, check out tax code, treasury regs, see if there's any new rulings uh, on those sections which uh, is a great exercise and it's fun. Uh, it's fun trying to communicate and trying to um, figure out where clients are going and, and answer these questions. So thank you for sending them in. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm trying to help you. You're actually helping me. So mutually we're benefiting uh, and that's so much fun. So thanks again. Stay safe. Subscribe if you haven't. And I promise I'll talk to everyone again next week. Be well.